Reader's Digest large print pod script. Oh no. Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I am Jamie Hill. Hello, listeners. Hi, Shannon. Hi, honey. It is so lovely to have you all here. Uh, you too, Shannon. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, people, later on in this episode, we are going to be talking about extraordinary people. Ah. Uh, not just like small e, small p, extraordinary people, although we will a little bit. But there's a song. There's a new song. It's called that. Capital E, extraordinary. Capital P, people. Extraordinary people. <laughs> And we're going to be talking about that, and we're so excited. Uh, but first, people, here's the deal. Misfit Stars is a listener-supported podcast. It is. And this is because Shannon and I are community-supported artists. We are. And people, we need your support. We, we do. We, we really do. Uh, we have a lot of your support. Yeah, we do. And that is really heartwarming and wonderful. And uh, it's, it's more than heartwarming. Yeah. It's like... Critical roof, to yeah, our survival. Roof over our head and food in our belly. It's belly warming. It's belly warming. Yeah, it really is. It's a it's a belly warming yeah. story of community support. Uh, but, you know, we are always looking to expand our tent. And we would love to have you in our sort of inner circle. So if you're mm-hmm. listening to this, maybe you've been a listener for a while. Uh, and maybe you have not yet become a supporting member of what we do. Please consider it. If you want to do it, you just go to misfitstars.com slash join. And basically, you just become a recurring monthly supporter of what we do. Uh, whatever day you sign up on, maybe you maybe you sign up today when the podcast comes out. That's mm-hmm. the 10th. Uh, it would just come out of your account on the 10th every month for the rest of time. Yeah. Until you stop it. <laughs> uh, you know, but hopefully you wouldn't stop it because hopefully you would get continued ongoing value. Uh Organizing community has become a huge part of what yeah. of what you and I do, hasn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, the, the, there's a, there are a few different reasons. I think most people probably initially start to support us uh, via misfitstars.com slash join. Uh, probably most people start doing that at first because they're like, yeah, you know, I really like the work that Jamie and Shannon do. I want to to support that in a very tangible way. With I want to help them. Month. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's probably one of, one of the, maybe the main reason people get in first. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, I like what they do. I want to support it in a tangible way. And here, here I go. But I think that what happens is that when people get into the Misfit Stars community, which is something that happens when you become a supporting member, there are all these other things that, yeah. that become sort of a, a richer part of the experience than just being a supporter of what you and I are doing. Yeah. It is getting to know other people who are already Misfit Stars uh, supporting members. We've got our own private social network that we just started a few weeks ago uh, where people are getting to know each other in even deeper ways than we ever could even do on our Facebook group when we were doing that. Yeah. Uh, we're phasing out that Facebook group, by the way, and, and and going entirely over to this private social network. But just, you know, we've got, you know, uh, Zoom meetups. We've got, you know, other activities that we do as a group. And it's just, it's a community. That's what it is. Like, so yeah. you start out by supporting us because you like what we're doing. Uh, and then you stay <laughs> because you realize that the group of people who supports what we're doing also happens to be a pretty amazing group of people and you want to be part of that. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think that's exactly right. And you know, there are, uh, so we're starting to hear from people about what they like about the social network. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just really cool. Uh, here's a couple things people have had to say recently. 
I'm starting to be on and check this beautiful space more. I hadn't had the bandwidth to get on social media before. It was too triggering just getting online with all that was happening in the world. Totally. Which again is why I am so grateful for this space because I can go on here in a safe space with like-minded supportive peeps and completely skip Facebook or other social media triggers. It's so good. It is so good. Oh my gosh. And then uh, another one, another person says, oh my gosh, the new home is amazing. So much better. Someone else says what he said. Someone else says, <laughs> Someone else says, glad you left Facebook because I feel safer on the new network. I can oh. be more honest and open. And a fourth person chimes in on the thread and says, love the new social network. That's so great. That was just like a little conversation people were having like in the new social network right. about how much they loved it. And I think all of those things are true. I'm finding myself going to Facebook less. I know, me you too. Know, uh, and I, My life has improved because of it. It really <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really true. And yeah. you know, God bless Facebook. It enables us to be connected to so many people. And I'm super, super grateful yeah. for it. I'm also really cognizant of the idea that there's two things at play. There are the people on there whom I love. And yes. there, is a, there is the social media experience itself, which I do not love. Yes. It feels very manipulative. It feels very stressful. I feel like I'm constantly being bombarded with stuff and assaulted. The, the palpable sensation of being targeted by a malevolent advertising juggernaut Ugh. is is really oppressive. It is. And I really don't love it. I tolerate it because it means so much to me to be able to check in on yeah. our people and see what they're up to. But man, the interactions, you know, there's a subset now of our people, our dearest people who, like, I don't really interact with them on Facebook anymore. Because I just interact with them on on the Misfit Star yeah. social network. And yeah. it is so great. Yeah. Because it's just free of all that other stuff. And it's so much more like the incentives feel different. I'm noticing that just like given the nature of the thing, there's not like a billion different reactions you can choose for each post yeah. type. There's a single thing. It's a heart. You can hit it or not. And as a result, people tend just sometimes not to hit it as much or it doesn't really matter if you do as much it seems like. Uh -huh. And there's not that whole you know when you do a post on Facebook and you have a certain number of likes you're used to getting. Yes. You're like mm, this one this one only got 72 likes. Usually a post like this would get 100 and three likes, you know, <laughs> what's wrong? Yeah. But, you know, it just doesn't matter. It just makes you focus more on the quality of the interactions. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And really, like, how many hearts it has or doesn't have is completely, like, irrelevant. Oh, the, the whole, like, emoji reaction thing on Facebook is so manipulative. Yeah. It is so incompletely, and I've noticed this for myself, like, it's like, the, it's like a dopamine hit when you get, you know, so many likes on a yeah. post, which is ridiculous, you know, like, and you're right, this new social network of our of and when, ours, like, so when, when someone who's like, you consider a dear friend doesn't heart something, they just like it. It's like, did I, did I say something wrong? I know. It's, it's so stupid. It's ridiculous. On the new social network that, that you're right, that, that, cause that part of the experience is not in the equation at all. You're not, it's not a manipulative thing. You, no. you can just engage. And I, and I don't feel any like, uh, withdrawals that I don't get, you know, massive likes on a post. It, I get more genuine engagement and that matters more and it fulfills yeah. me more and it is more authentic and real and it's way better. Anyway, yeah. that's one of the things you get when you join Misfit Stars. Also, you, like, because it's like a private thing that's just for us and like it's, it's sort of self-selecting, right? Anyone who joins up will give them an invite. Uh, and you have to be a good actor, and you know people are people who would who would self select themselves into this kind of thing are kind of by definition pretty good people. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like so, there's no dickheads in there, and it's great. It's like mm -hmm. a dickhead free experience. <laughs> TM, you know, the, the Misfit Stars Social Network promising you a dickhead free experience since 2021. <laughs> but it's because it's a dickhead free experience. People 
seem really emboldened to be like really frank in there, which yeah. I love. And it's not all the time. It's not like this dour place where people are just being like super earnest all the time. It's fun too. But like someone shared yesterday so deeply about how they're processing some childhood trauma in a way that yeah. I think is, was, it was really helpful for me to read. And I'm sure it will be for other people oh, too, yeah. you know, in that way that like when someone shares deeply of their own experience, it can kind of make you feel better processing your own related yep. experiences. Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh, it was so great. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a wonderful place. Uh, it's a wonderful place because the people in it are wonderful. It's all the good things. Yeah. Uh, without any of the bad things. I love it. I love it, love it, love yeah, it. Yeah, so when you become a, a supporting member of Misfit Stars, you get an invitation into that magical world of the private Misfit Stars social network. Um, we can't wait to invite you in. Just go to misfitstars.com slash join. You'll be helping us continue our work. And thank you. Uh, yeah. You know, we could never have too much support. We're artists. You know what I mean? <laughs> Our life is always tenuous and sketchy. We're doing okay, but we could always use one more voice in the choir. So Absolutely. If you're feeling it, misfitstars.com slash join. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, where am I here? Announcements. Oh, Announcements, yeah. announcements, announcements. I just wow. went ahead with the song. That was I just good. dove right in. You don't need an invitation. You can just uh, yeah, do the announcement Yeah, I did song. it. Uh, so we've got two announcements. You should take announcement number one. Happy to do it. Okay. So announcement number one. If you have a story that you would like to share about someone who showed up in an extraordinary way over this last year for you or maybe for your community, please send it over. You can email it to me at jamie at misfitstars.com. That is the sort of theme that's behind the third song here, Extraordinary People. We're also interested in this story cycle in stories of how maybe you showed up for yourself yeah. over this last year in ways that perhaps surprised you. You know, uh, yeah. Shannon and I each found some little hidden wellsprings of resilience. We'll actually talk about that a bit later. Yeah. Uh, maybe you did too. I know that this last year was hard. And I also know that because it was hard this last year, sometimes revealed in people stuff they didn't realize they had. And yeah. we're really interested in those stories. So if you're listening to this and you have a story, uh, either about someone who showed up in an extraordinary way, or about that wellspring of resilience that you found inside yourself, mm -hmm. please email it to me. We would love to share it at 2020101.net. So, you know, as we keep releasing these songs, we keep populating the song pages. So we yeah. have, you know, we have page one for Precipice. We have page two for Through the Window. And we collected so many stories for Through the Window over yeah. this last week. Oh my gosh, it's powerful to go and mm -hmm. read. So uh, we're just starting now on the story page for song three. And so... Those are the topics. If you have one, please send it over to me. I would love to hear it. So the, you can go read the stories at 2020101.net. Yeah. If you have a story to share on any of the topics so far, yeah. specifically we're you know now asking for uh, people to share stories related to song three about yeah. how you or somebody else showed up in 2020, you can email those to Jamie at jamie at misfitstars.com. Yep. So that's where you do that. Um, awesome. Well, the second announcement is specifically for our Misfit Stars members only. Yeah. So if you're not Everybody a member- Everybody else don't listen. You have to plug your ears if you're not a member. You have to go plug your ears and go la, 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 la until I'm done. Okay. You won't know when I'm done, but you know- Just, just guess. Guess. So Misfit Stars members, we have our monthly Zoom meetup this weekend. Uh, we switch the day around each month so that we can you know, accommodate different people schedules. We are really switching it up this month. Uh, we're doing it on Sunday, March 14th. So this coming Sunday. Yep. And we are doing it in uh, starting in the afternoon Pacific time. So 3 p.m. Pacific time. That translates to 6 p.m. Eastern 
And like 10 o'clock at night in the UK. Yes. And so, here's the deal. This is a one-time only seven-hour offset between the true. West Coast and the UK. Usually it's eight hours. So a little bit of history. The United States <laughs> has, has uh, you know, daylight savings time. Right. We've had it for a couple hundred years. It was invented yeah. by Ben Franklin as a way to save candles. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we do our uh, daylight savings time this coming weekend, uh, this Saturday to Sunday. Right. But Britain they, also has what's called British uh, Standard Time. Okay. Uh, BST, British Savings Time, I can't remember. Point being, they also have a version of Daylight Savings Time, but it doesn't kick in until the last Sunday in every March, the last you know, Saturday to so Sunday transition. So there's this weird offset where... So there's a two-week period where yeah. we have our Daylight Savings Time, but Britain does not yet have theirs. So long story short, instead of eight hours ahead, there's seven hours ahead for two weeks only, right. which is included in this thing. So Gary, you get a special extra one hour early bonus yeah. for joining in from Liverpool. That's right. So cool. That's right. So uh, Misfit Stars monthly Zoom meetup Sunday, March 14th, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. We are, uh, by the time this podcast airs, you Misfit Stars members will have gotten an email with an invitation uh, to to the the Zoom meetup, you will also have seen uh, a post about this in the social network uh, about the event on Sunday afternoon. Can't so, wait to see your smiling faces. That's where you'll get the link, and that's or if, maybe they're sad faces. I don't want to judge what oh, your face should be like. Sure, yeah, just show just up be, however faces, however you'd like. Yeah, uh, that's the end of announcements. Okay, so uh, how are you feeling, sweetheart? You know, I'm feeling good today. Good. Uh, I I've. <laughs> The aches and pains report returns. I, I've really been struggling. It's I've, a gerontology podcast It really now. is. No, I, I have been really struggling for the last few weeks with some pain. And yesterday was another tough day. I thought I was, I thought I was out of the woods. You did. Uh, like two days, three days ago, you thought you were done. I know. And you then were not. I, and then I wasn't. And, uh, but today, I feel really good. So knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> that that stays, but I'm really grateful. You know, I it's it's really tiring to be in pain all the time. Yeah, it's very it's draining. Yeah. Uh, so I um, I don't take for granted that I feel well today, mm. and uh, and so yeah, I, I, I everything's great. The sun is shining. I feel good. Things are good. I'm, I'm feeling a okay. How about you? Good. I'm so glad to hear it. I feel good today too. I feel uh, cheerful. We had a day off yesterday, which felt great, and I really took advantage of that and mm -hmm. enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it is a beautiful day, and the light is really starting to shift. It really is starting to feel like spring is coming. It's not, yeah. it's not here yet, obviously, but there are just little signs. Our neighbor across the street is out with her trimmer doing her spring <laughs> trimming. That's always like another little sign. She's, she's like a bluebird arriving, like, oh, there's Marcy. Spring's on the way. Yeah, it, totally. Um, I don't know. I feel good. Everything seems fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad to hear it. So uh, last week, what did we get into this last week? I, my last week, honestly, was just the new song and that's it. Like, that's true. I, I was Between just, the writing and the recording, it was exactly that seven-day period. I, that, I was up in my studio for a few days straight, just working away. And then when that was done, I moved down here into your studio with you to work on the song. Like, that's my whole world has been extraordinary people for the last yeah. week. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I had sort of a, a bifurcated week. There were I, I was still collecting stories for Through the Window. You yeah. Know? Uh -huh. I got to sit with a lot of people's stories about death and grieving over mm -hmm. the last week, which was mm -hmm. wonderful. 
Uh, very magical, very healing, very, like a, a solemn experience. Yeah. I really liked it. Not somber, but solemn, you know? Mm-hmm. It was it was, it was was weighty. I really enjoyed mm. it. I started mixing a new record, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to get too far into it because I immediately got derailed by your new song. But Sorry. that's okay. Everyone, <laughs> everyone involved knows the deal. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but it's great. It's for this uh, actually local artist here from Tacoma, this guy, uh, Jonathan Mahler, who's become a friend. I like him so much. Yeah. And he, ha- he has a one-person band called Trusty Sea Creatures. And we're about, uh, we're all the way through recording and I'm about halfway through mixing his uh, debut full-length album. Well, check this out. So I, you know, uh, Facebook does show you like a year ago, here was your story, yeah. your memory, whatever. Yeah. Like roughly a year ago, like like a little bit, a year and a couple of days ago, Yes, Johnny, Jonathan Mahler was here at our house because initially, uh, if you can recall um, back to our, our uh, gosh, it was, it was, uh, it was a pay it forward goal for our, album fundraiser in 2019. That's right. That we had said we were going to identify a local artist to, and then you were going to make an EP with a local artist. Like five songs, short records. Yeah. And so, you know, we did some searching and we landed on Johnny. It just made sense. His music is, is, it's, it needs to be in the world. Like it's, (laughs) he's such a good writer. It it is, it is. Amazing voice, writes a lot. He's prolific. He's just one of those natural born, like this is what you're meant to do in the world kind of of people. The songs, the songs, oh, thank you. The songs are urgent and compelling. Yes. And emotional. Urgent is such a good word. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, so good. So like, you know, we identified him as the one, the the artist that we were going to do that, use that pay it forward uh, goal that we reached back in 2019 to, you know, produce an EP. And so like a little bit more than a year ago, we had Johnny over to the house and that was going to be the deal is that he was going to come over here like one, two times a week and you were going to work with him in the studio and you guys were going to produce this EP together. And I have photos of us meeting that day. Uh, First of all, he shared with us when he came over that day that due to some uh, unfortunate... uh, uh, just discouraging circumstances in his life. Mm-hmm. He had, prior to that that day at our house, he had been considering just hanging out music altogether. Yeah, um, like completely. But but when you reached out and said, hey, we have this gift, this pay it forward gift to give because our community has supported us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to offer it to you that that, that outreach actually was one of the things that was like, maybe I won't hang it up. Yeah. You know, which first of all, oh my God. Like he... The, this this person needs to be making music forever. <laughs> the 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 fact of him not like having like considering not doing that, the world will be would be missing out mm-hmm. like in a huge way, and so it was just so lovely to be able to to say and it's I want to reiterate to you our community our supporters like because of your support, literally you know we we were able to help an artist not give up on the thing that he really ought to be doing. It's so great to serve the world, yeah. you know. Anyway, so there's that. So, but he came over here, and it was a great first, uh, you know, meetup session. You were transferring some of his songs from his little recorder into your computer, and yeah. we were making plans about what it was going to look like going forward. And then shutdown happened, like literally two days later. And we we were faced with the prospect of like he can't come over to our house anymore. Like yeah. that's just not a safe thing to do. Yeah. And 
So we had to completely reinvent how, what that relationship was going to look like. Fortunately, he's already he had already been doing some self-recording, mm -hmm. and so it just kind of pivoted pretty seamlessly into one of those relationships where I mentor an artist through a self-recording process and a right. production process, and just kind of go back and forth. Yes, but it worked out beautifully. Uh, Y'all completed that EP last fall. Yep. But he had already written a whole bunch of new songs and we heard them and we're like, oh my God, this just needs to be an album. So even though our pay it forward gift to him was to, to help him produce an EP, we're like, you know what? We just need to keep going and make this yeah. a full album. And so that's what you're mixing now. Yeah. Shannon has knocked her microphone off. People, it's okay. We're not editing. We're coming back. I'm so sorry. That's what you're mixing now is the, the full album, um, the rest of the songs. And... Man, I can't wait for it to be out in the world. It's so freaking good. It is really, really, really good. And I, I want to reiterate the fact that our community, our supporters, is what's making this project happen. Yes. It's because of you all. That's 100% it. That we are supported, Shannon and I, by a community of people on a monthly recurring basis means like that I, every month have a certain amount of time that I can just pour back into other artists yep. at, at no cost to those artists. Yep. I am doing so much of that these mm -hmm. days, thanks to y'all. I've, I've ramped that up so significantly in the last year. And it's been so rewarding, right? Because like I've always felt like there's this fundamental dissonance, this fundamental disconnect between art and money. Because so frequently, yeah. artists, particularly the ones who need the most nurturing and the most developing don't have money to make that happen on their own. Right. You know, like the mature artists, people like me and Shannon who've been doing it for 15, 20 years, like we're okay, we're established. We have our thing. But like people who are much more on the front end, the beginning part of their of their artistic career, whatever discipline they might be in, mm -hmm. they need those resources. They need money. They don't have the money to hire someone like me to make the amazing record that then mm -hmm. establishes them with their community of mm -hmm. supporters. Mm -hmm. It's like this real like cash 22 kind of thing. Chicken, right. or, chicken and egg, you right. know, like how do you get in? Like double dutch. Like once you're inside, it's great, but how do you get under that first rope? Oh yeah, you totally. Know? And I remember living in, and especially it was highlighted, especially when we were living in Southern California, that the amount of debt that artists would put themselves into to make records. Oh God. And, and, it, and there being this whole industry of People who, Let's use right now. It's predators who who prey on the hopes and dreams of people trying to get their artistic careers going, and charging just you know. <sighs> Want a video? It's going to cost ten thousand dollars. Literally anybody you ask in Los Angeles, like you know, okay, I'm I'm a I'm a starting off artist. I, I've gotten myself a gig at Hotel Cafe. I've recorded one song that sounds really really good that I feel really good about. I need to have a compelling video, you know. But they tell you in LA that you do, right? right and they yes. tell you this because then any videographer who you go to be like, I just need I need a video for the song. They'll be like, it's going to cost ten thousand dollars. It doesn't matter who you go to. And here's the thing: I imagine that making a really well produced film, short film, essentially, was what a, a music video is, probably does cost a lot of money. Like yep. if you have to buy or rent the right equipment and, you know, pay for the right editor or... I imagine that that is a thing. But here's the thing, like... You know what also costs $10,000? A lease on a Ferrari. You know what, though? You don't need that either. <laughs> exactly. I just... What I... What I am... I... What I hope to do with part of my life is to disrupt the notion that that is the way to to make art in the world and that i want i want their i want artists to understand that there are other ways yeah besides the la way yeah. <laughs> to to do art in the world because there really are many more uh more meaningful fulfilling ways yes to do it and sustainable ones too um so anyway that's all to say 
Yeah. I, you're this, you're this making is, this album possible. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Misfit Stars community. Uh, your monthly support of what we do is literally making this unbelievably good record possible for this young man. Yeah. And I'm so excited about and it. And for you to, you're going to get to enjoy this record too. It's going to be really amazing. Yeah. It's so good that I'm actually <laughs> scheming right now with other people like who I know who work in, in music in various capacities on how to uh, just, just f trying to figure out for myself how I can better help him exploit, mm. just like get this in front of more people, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but I'm talking with people about it, just trying to get my head around the idea because I believe in this body of work so, so yeah. thoroughly. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Um, it, just as an aside, this is not an even not even in our notes for uh -huh. this podcast, but having talked about that year ago experience of Johnny coming over and then the shutdown happening, it reminded me that, Holy cow, we are a year into shutdown. I mean, yes. we're not shut down the way we were, you know, last spring, obviously, but we are a year into the the very serious uh part of this pandemic. Yeah. Which is wild. And I just can we just like walk down memory lane a little bit? Yes. <laughs> on that like a year ago, to re we're recording this on March 9th. Um it was roughly a year ago that we had our last uh, in-restaurant meal with a friend. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I remember we met her uh, at this place and we knew enough at that, at, this, at that point that we shouldn't be like hugging. So yeah. we, we did the elbow bump. Yeah. And then we and, went and then sat three feet across from each other at a yeah. table for an hour and, and a half. We didn't know. We yeah. didn't know. We didn't know. You know, we, yeah. we, we thought... We're not going to get elbow cooties. At that point, we, <laughs> we were, you know, being told to wash your hands and to not come into close contact, you know. So, but, but yeah, we had that last, that last meal with a friend in a restaurant. Um, I remember sitting at our kitchen table on March 11th. The date for me is March 11th. And the event for me that made me really realize that, oh my God, we're, we're about to enter into a really wild time was getting the notice on my phone that the NBA had canceled their season. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't even follow the NBA. Yeah. I don't care. Don't give two shits about it, but somehow that really made it real in a strange way. It did. Yeah. I was like, oh gosh, the NBA has canceled their season. This actually must be really serious. Yeah. And um, and all that that all the all of that was happening a year ago. I I mean, we we had no idea what no. was what was before us. We had no clue. I remember. A week or so after that, thinking, oh, well, you know, we'll be, we'll have to hunker down for a few weeks, maybe a couple months. Like, let's buy a ticket for my mom to fly up here and visit us on Mother's Day. Yeah, because this will be done by May. Which we did. Yeah. And then we had to cancel that ticket, obviously. Yeah. But, like, there was so much. Like, there was so much. If you could go back a year ago and tell, like, a year ago you anything about the last year, what would you say? Do you have any advice that you would give? Or oh, absolutely. It would. Just, it, it would. Just, and it would just be really around level setting. You know, oh. I think part of what was so stressful over the first few months there, there was it was a it was a it was two related things. It was one that it kept becoming more obvious that it was going to be much worse and take much longer. 
And yeah. two, everyone at the governmental level, the federal government level, was lying about it and trying to minimize it. And <sighs> so the messaging from the federal government was, don't worry, it's going to be over soon. It's just a cold. It's already going away. Everything's fine. Uh -huh. And every other thing that we were kind of seeing in our communities and at the state and local levels was just like, this thing is getting worse rapidly. Mm -hmm. Everyone's dying. Hospitals are overwhelmed. There's field tents. Like, right. it was just so completely dissonant. And yeah. I, you know, if I had just known at the time, like, this is going to be serious. It's going to be bad. Just take it seriously and know that it's going to be about a year at least until you hear mm -hmm. any positive news. Yeah. And, you know, I think as I think back on that, you were talking about how like from the federal level the the like we were just literally being lied to by the presidential administration last year. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I mean, I've, I, 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 I think I had an understanding of the character of the man at the head of that administration mm -hmm. enough to know that probably couldn't be trusted. But I think that the naive part of me thought that, well, for sure, when faced with like an actual global emergency, maybe this, is this administration his, yeah. will step up and yeah. do the right thing. And I think that the, the naive part of me believed that maybe that could happen. <laughs> and uh, obviously it didn't. Because, because here's the thing, like it is possible that my mom could have flown up on Mother's Day last year had our federal government taken swift and bold action yep. to nip this thing in the bud like they did in New Zealand. Sure like they did in so many other places, you know, the lack of that, the, the, the denial of this, the lying about it, the confusion it sowed in everybody is the thing that really lit the match mm -hmm. on, this pan, on this pandemic in the United States. I yeah. mean, and even now, like what we have, we have a, 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 a what's the-, the We, we have, have a, 5% of the world's population and we have had 20% of the cases. I, I remember that it was 20% of the deaths, but- Either way, it's probably similar a similar statistic either way. You got to imagine the death ratio is pretty constant yeah, around the world. Probably so. You know, I just, it, it didn't have to be this way. Uh, I, I think I think if I could go back and talk to a year ago me, I would I would reinforce that. I, I, would, I would tamp down that naive part that wanted to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that this is the day Donald Trump finally becomes president. Good Lord. Uh -huh. um, yeah. yeah, wild that it's been Fucking a year. Asshole. Wild that it's been a year, and also, look at us. We are here. I, I understand that a lot of people aren't here anymore. Yeah. A year later, like, you know, we're coming up on, what, 500 and... Cruising toward 550? 550,000 people who've lost their lives to COVID-19. In this country. In our country alone, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and that's an undercount. We all know that's an undercount. Right. It, it probably is an undercount. Um, but, you know, for the rest of us, we're here. We're here. If you're we, hearing the sound of my voice, you are not yet dead from coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of amazing. Like, I mean, I, I, I guess I just didn't. I, I feel like I feel like, um, and this is the theme of the song we're going to talk about today. In so many ways, uh, we've we've shown up. We've yeah. shown up for ourselves and for each other to get through this. Mm -hmm. And it's been hard, and it still is hard. Mm -hmm. um, but also, but also, we're doing it. Yeah, and it's pretty amazing. Woohoo! <laughs> 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 um, so, before our break, we've got one more section to talk about the good news machine. We we delayed the firing up of the good news machine because we we wanted to t to talk a little bit more at length. We both wrote down the same mm -hmm. item for our good news machine this week. It's the only thing. It's 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure there are others. Like the cherry blossoms that we saw yesterday. That was good news. That was nice. But no, the, the thing- Paling that, though in comparison to this. The, the, this is that the American Rescue Plan passed the House and the Senate this yeah. last week. Hooray. It's going back to Hallelujah. It's going back to the House of Reconciliation. Uh, odds are good it'll be signed, if not tonight, tomorrow. Amazing. It's so exciting. Uh, President Biden will sign it immediately. Uh, people, this is a big, big, big deal. I know it's easy to be cynical about government. I know mm-hmm. it's easy to get completely just bored by the minutia of bills and process, especially when it, we're so accustomed for the last eight, nine years to the Senate doing literally nothing kind of all the time. Yeah. Except, you know, confirming conservative judges and generally speaking, being assholes. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, uh, this, this is, a, is big deal. a big, big, big deal. And I thought it might be just helpful for people just for us to quickly enumerate. I have a couple of things here in front of me about all the things that are in the American Rescue Plan that oh. are good. So let me just do that. Please okay? do. Yes. Okay, so, Let's have it. So what is in the American Rescue Plan first? And these are just bullet points. I'll just tell you what's in it. It increases direct payments to $1,400 for working class Americans, right? Amazing. Uh, so there's kind of a, a delta here, right? Like the Bi- Biden, when he was campaigning, was like, I really would love for, for the government to get $2,000 into the pockets of every single person. They, they need this help. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Trump administration did this partial thing at the end of December. It was like a $600 check. And so this basically makes up that difference. Uh, and to be frank, that's you know not exactly what Biden said. He said, I'm going to send $2,000 checks. He's making up the difference, but whatever, we'll take it. It's so much better than nothing. Yeah. This plan, this bill, will cut childhood poverty in half. And that just can't be underscored because enough. Because one of the biggest, one of the big provisions in this bill is they're going to start actually giving monthly checks to folks with kids. Yeah. Like money to help you raise your kids. Holy hell. And oh my God. Like yeah. people need this so badly. It's current that that provision is currently temporary it's part of the the pandemic rescue plan yep but it is uh it is a it is an idea that um democrats have wanted to enact just more broadly pandemic or not just to to support families it's just Um, it's just smart policy like having people in poverty is not good not only for those people, but also for the broader economy. Like this yeah. is the kind of money that when you invest it, you get it back two or three fold. Yes, yes. So, I mean, yes, cutting child poverty in half with one bill. Holy moly. Holy hell. It's amazing. Housing assistance for 12 million Americans struggling to pay their rent. Oh so my God. direct assistance to struggling renters. And for, per, on a personal level, oh I'm stoked God. about this because I have personally over the last like five months done three separate micro fundraisers mm-hmm. to help raise money for people who are struggling with housing, who are having housing insecurity, struggling with their rent. Yep. And you know... This is something that the government should be doing. It should be helping people. Because again, having someone lose their housing is in no way good for either that person or for the broader economy. No. At all. It's not. Uh, Unemployment benefits boosted. Safely reopening schools. There is so much money being actually dedicated to the actual nuts and bolts stuff. It turns out to safely open schools, you don't just wave a magic <laughs> wand and go safely reopen. Oh, you mean you, you, actually, you, you have can't to have just do like a, a, a sage burning and then you're safe? I wish, but sadly, <laughs> no. Sadly, no, the sage does not work in this specific instance. What you actually need is a whole bunch of money just for physical objects, for, yeah. for safety stuff, for plexiglass dividers, for PPE for everybody. Yeah. Just all this nuts and bolts stuff you don't really think about, but it costs a shitload Extra of money. Extra portable buildings so that you can 
spread kids out. out yeah. You know. Because you can't have, you have to have six feet, eight feet between kids now, right? So it's just all this simple stuff. Right. Uh, there's actually money for it so we can actually safely reopen schools. Not just reopen schools and be like, now it's safe. Good luck. Safely reopen schools. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, funding for vaccine distribution. Again, this is one of those things where it's like, you know, the Trump administration did a couple of good things in terms of stimulating, like, the making of the virus. That's fine. We'll the vaccine. Them, the, I'm sorry. The, <laughs> both, right? <laughs> really, they got, they kind of did some good things to stimulate the, the, vac, the virus. Too. They did. <laughs> Bastards. Uh, but, you know, where they really fell down is they didn't do anything to make it so that you can get the vaccine into people's arms. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. Having, like, hundreds of millions of doses of vaccine is super, super good. But... It doesn't put it into people's arms, and that and that doesn't happen through some kind of weird magic. Like you know, again, you don't just wave your magic wand and go. States take care of this. Yeah. States don't have the budget or the infrastructure to take care of this. No. They have the on the ground distribution networks. I mean, just by virtue of humans being housed in states, humans mm -hmm. are not housed somehow in some weird federal mm -hmm. thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. People live in states. Nurses live in states. Nurses put things in arms. Okay, I get that. But you need to fund it. Yeah. You've got to fund it. You can't oh. just. It can't just happen. Right. And states... The transportation, the storage, the personnel, yeah. the sites to do it. And a lot of people don't know this, but states generally can't do deficit spending. Almost every state has in their state constitution a balanced budget requirement, meaning that you can't do deficit spending. You, you can't, can't say... You can't borrow. You can't borrow. That's right. it. Um, I mean, you can do bonds and stuff like that, but you can't run a, right. you can't run a deficit. Right. 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 Uh, but the federal government can. The federal government can borrow, uh, and it's fine to do that. And so, you know, this is actually one of those things where, actually, yes, we do need federal money to do this because state money isn't there and can't do it. The state money has been used to shore up all kinds of uh, economic relief for local communities. Yeah. And, you know, like there's been so many additional costs. Oh my God. On, uh, and burdens, financial burdens on state and local governments. Yeah. And uh, at the same time that revenue has decreased dramatically because people are spending less yeah. because we're not going out and doing stuff, you know? So like tax dollar revenue, that's drying up. So states and state and local governments have been in a huge financial pinch. And so that leads us probably to one of your next bullet points. Uh, well, uh, maybe it's not on there, but there's a huge amount of funding uh, in this bill the four states and local governments like so that they don't so they can yes so that's, that they, that's not on this but yes you're right about that they don't that. have to you know whittle down their fire their firemen force yeah you know they don't, they don't have to fire a bunch of police like that was something that was happening in a whole bunch of places over the last half of the last year is that people were being furloughed from police departments because they because the, the cities simply didn't have the budget because they were having to spend all this extra money on all this coronavirus related stuff right yeah and now that they're like they, they can actually like just have so their staff again cities, which is great because yeah. now you don't have unemployed police officers so win win you have more safety well I mean you know, well let's, let's talk maybe fire department that's safety <laughs> you know that's what I'm saying. Like, like, <laughs> and, and it's easy to to pick to single out those two particular professions. Yeah. But it's all the stuff that makes our cities and states run. Yeah. You know, it's all the positions, people who work in the health department, people sure. who work in the education department, people who people fix who the work, roads. Yeah. I mean, all those things. Uh, you know, this bill, this bill provides funding for states and and uh, municipalities yeah. so that they can continue to function. Yeah. Um. So there's Yay. also, uh, there's relief for restaurants. There's relief for small businesses. There's Amazing. relief for shuttered venues. Oh my gosh. But like there are so many music venues that have had to close permanently, right? Wow. Because like there's just, you can't have concerts. If, yeah. you can't have, if, you, if your business is doing concerts and you can't have concerts for a year, well, guess what? Yeah, <laughs> Problem. yeah. Uh, 
and that there's there's money for all of that stuff. It's wow. amazing, right? And so now let's take a look at uh, what, like, so who does the American Rescue Plan help? And that just on a percentage basis, like, uh-huh. or, or like a dollar basis, right? So it's a $1.9 trillion mm-hmm. program, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so let's look at where, like, that money goes to. Uh, and so that's, like, $1,900 billion is a good way to think about okay. it, right? It, yeah. It's, like, almost... $2,000 billion, because a trillion is a thousand okay. billion, right? Okay. So uh-huh. uh, a full, almost a quarter, not quite a quarter, like uh, about 22-ish percent mm-hmm. is uh, those $1,400 checks. That's $424 yeah. billion. So the next biggest chunk is aid to state and local governments, mm-hmm. which prevents layoffs and service cuts. Yep, yep, Like yep. we were just talking about. Yep. That's $350 billion. There's $246 billion in unemployment insurance, mm-hmm. which again, uh, it's just going to extend that support that people who are out of work because of the pro- coronavirus are getting. Yeah. And it'll extend it at least through September at this uh, with this current bill. And that's amazing. Awesome. Uh, the next biggest chunk is for tax credits, aid, and child care for families. Amazing. Oh my gosh, because people need the help. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next biggest one is a $178 billion for reopening schools and higher education. And again, uh-huh. the actual nuts and bolts, not waving a magic wand and let's send everyone to get coronavirus and bring right. it home to their families. Right. But actually, how do we do this safely? Yep. That costs money. This is the money for that. Mm-hmm. Vaccinations and healthcare, uh, equally sized chunk, $176 billion. There's $109 billion for farmers, small businesses, and other vital industries. Awesome. Um, which is a huge deal. There's $47 billion for FEMA for disaster relief. Oh, great. Which is great because FEMA, a lot of FEMA funds got tapped to uh, right. sort of reallocated in coronavirus. They're getting replenished so great. they can actually deal with like climate change emergencies, well, like, like the flooding and the fires. Yeah. And we Hurricane need it because season's coming again we're and making more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, uh, there's $40 billion in relief for renters and homeowners. Wow. And holy hell, that is so important, you know? Like mm-hmm. we, we literally, we got a message today. We got two messages today in our Misfit Star social network, mm. private messages from people saying, like, I am experiencing housing insecurity. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to deal with this. Mm. This is how, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, I think that we think people, some of us think that, like, if we're experiencing some kind of disaster-related insecurity and there's no relief, well, it must be on us. Maybe it's like we're not deserving or something. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, And it's not true. It's just that we can't be expected to shoulder everything ourselves. There are some emergencies that are bigger than us that we just can't deal with on a personal level. That's where the power of a well-organized government comes into play. That's what it's for. That's what that's a like, society is for. That's the entire, well, right? And like, <laughs> and, and, and a government is yeah. like the organizing principle of a society. Yes. And so, yes, that's what it's for. That's why we do it. That's why we don't live by ourselves in the woods, all of us. Right. It's because we can do better things when we work together. Right. And like the federal government is the ultimate expression of working well, well together when it works. And you may have more to share here, but I just want to pause and say that. No, that's, that's about it. Okay. There's, there's two other small things, but that's it. The, yeah. the, the thing that the Republican Party has been doing for the last 40 years mm-hmm. aggressively mm-hmm. is to put policies in place and drive home this message that the government shouldn't play a role in your life. Shouldn't help. Uh, shouldn't, the government shouldn't help with anything. Just, you know, the government's going to, you know, go to war on behalf of the country. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the government is there to serve the interests of business, but it's not there to help individual humans. Right. That has been their mission for the last 40 years. Yeah. We finally have... This year, in the year 2021, a majority in Congress that thinks otherwise. Yeah. That thinks, actually, no, the government does have a role to play in making people's lives better. Yes. Uh, 
and and that we can do that, that it's an efficient way to do that. Yeah. It is a moral thing to do that. That indeed the government can be a powerful force for good in people's lives. Yes, and, and we have a majority in Congress that, like, can we also reflect, uh, and a president that is also, you know, in favor of that, too, yeah. I should say, the Congress and the president. Can I also say, though, that, that that would not have been possible had we not worked our asses off to get Joe Biden elected in November? Yep. Also, none of this, no, this bill would not exist yep. if, if Joe Biden had won and those two Georgia Senate runoff seats had not gone to Democrats, yeah. to Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. Yeah. The, those two seats that the Democrats won enabled us to have a, a sl- the slimmest possible majority in the Senate. It's not even a majority, it's a tie. It's a tie, but, but because yeah. we have the vice presidency, that's the tie-breaking vote. Exactly. This bill would not exist if those elections had gone differently. Yes. I mean, when when Republicans, there was a small group of Republicans, when Joe Biden first initi- uh, initiated this $1.9 trillion package, there was a small group of what they what they considered themselves to be the moderate Republicans who went to Joe Biden and was like, well, here's our counteroffer. And it was like $900 million. Like it was a third. Yeah. It was like a third of the plan that he said that we needed to actually get ourselves out of this hole that we're in. Yeah. And they're like, How and about- it wasn't. And it wasn't just Biden being like an oracle. It was him in careful consulta- consultation with oh. experts over a period of like a year that came up with this plan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. A, it was a. This is what we need based yeah. on the research that we've done and the data that we've got. That's gonna get. That's gonna stamp out the pandemic and help us re- recover economically as a country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and get us back to school and work and all the things that we want to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that so that he introduced the plan. The Republicans are like, "How about how about one third of that?" <laughs> yeah, you know. So like, they're not. They wanted seri- to do They're this- not serious. No, they wanted to do the same thing that they did when Barack Obama came into office. Because uh, if you remember, when Barack Obama <laughs> came into office, he inherited an absolute catastrophe of a mess from the previous administration, like the housing crisis. Right, uh-huh. the economy was in a huge, huge problem, and he was like, "Well, we got to do. We have to do a bold thing. We got to we got to pull this country out of this, or it's going to last a long time, or we were going to spiral into a depression." Yeah. And yeah. Republicans, they they didn't want him to succeed. We all know this, and so they hamstrung his response. Mm-hmm. They crippled it. They made it smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, it's funny. They negotiated it down and down and down and then didn't vote on it anyway. They didn't vote for it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so funny. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think and, you mean cynical. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And you know, what ended up happening is that that crisis dragged on a lot longer, years and years longer than it needed to. Mm-hmm. And it, like irrevocably economically damaged millions of people. Like oh, there yeah. are people who for the rest of their lives will be poor because of those decisions oh, by those Republicans. lost their houses, yeah. lost their entire life savings because it was yeah. tied up in, in homes they lost. That's it. I mean, yeah, th- this time that didn't happen. Yeah. This time Joe Biden said, I've seen this movie before yeah. <laughs> and we're going to do it differently. Yeah. He came out with a $1.9 trillion plan and they passed yeah. a $1.9 trillion plan. Yes, there were some provisions that I would have loved to have seen in the bill that were originally in it that got stripped out, like the $15 federal minimum wage. But whatever, we can address that in, a, yeah. in an addition, in a later bill. Yeah. But that overall, we didn't get every progressive priority is is no reason not to celebrate the wins. Oh my God. This is still the, the biggest, single biggest piece of progressive legislation since the New Deal. 
This is actually a, 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 a total shift. This yeah. is this is a, a stake in the ground that says yes, government does have a role to play in making society function better and and making people's lives better. Yes, and it's amazing. It's it's it, it is a huge huge win. It is a huge win that would not have been possible without winning the November election and those runoff elections in Georgia. So props to everybody who worked and on also, that. It, it freaking matters. It's really important too to note that like it doesn't matter whether you consider yourself to be a Democrat or a Republican. This bill is still a win for you. This bill is a win for oh every gosh. single person in this country. Well, it's a win for it's a win for every single person who's going to be directly helped by it, mm-hmm. and it's also a win for every other single person, even if you're not going to be directly affected by it, because you yeah. will be living in a better country with fewer poor people and better education yes. and people with more resources at yes. their disposal. Which means that your communities and the communities of the people you love are going to be better, happier. There's going to be better education. There's going to mm-hmm. be better outcomes for your grandkids. I mean, every mm-hmm. single thing that you consider when you think about what it means to be a member of a thriving, healthy, happy society, all of that just shifted toward the positive. And that's not an ideological thing. Absolutely not. Well, and and speaking of people who label themselves Republicans and Democrats, this plan is hugely popular among Democrat and Republican voters. Oh, yeah. Countrywide. Like it has- 77% 77% approval of all people. That's shocking. And just hold that number in your head for a moment- and recognize that not a single Republican in Congress voted yes for this. Every single Republican in Congress voted no on something that 77% of all Americans are in favor of. Yeah. This is, a, this is and I say this to underline, underscore, highlight, and put exclamation points at the end of, to say that the Republicans in Congress are not interested in serving the American people. Even their own constituents, even the people from their own party, That's they true. do not care. Can Republicans do be different and do different? Maybe, but this current iteration of them certainly there is there is not one shred of evidence that they care one iota about actually helping American people, whether they are Democrat, Republican, Independent, Black, White. Poor, rich. Actually, they care about the rich. That's all they care about. Well, yeah. They want to pass tax cuts for corporations like they did a few years ago. Yeah. Which also, by the way, cost uh, roughly the same amount as this bill. One point right? eight trillion. Right. One point eight trillion. Actually, well, if you look at the cost over ten years, it's going to be more like two point one, two point two trillion dollars. A lot of those costs were front loaded, but yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, no, like that's their that's their entire thing and has been for the last 40 years. And it goes back to that same idea, right? Like that's been the game plan has been to convince American voters that government can't and shouldn't work in their interest mm-hmm. and then strip the government for parts and give those parts to their wealthy friends. That's called privatization. When you take stuff that should be public function, public goods, public trust, mm-hmm. and you, you give it, you sell it to a private entity, a private individual, a corporation, whatever. So then the benefits from it don't accrue to the public good. The benefits from it accrue to like one or two people right. or it's shareholders or whatever. Currently what the guy who's in charge of the U.S. Postal Service is trying to do. Yeah. Trying to strip down the USPS to worth so that it can be privatized and enrich himself because he happens to own companies that, do, that does shipping. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But can I make one more point on this before we take our break? Yes. Um, because looking forward, the, you might be wondering, why is it that every single Republican in Congress can vote no on something that 77% of all Americans want? Mm. Why can they do that and expect to retain their jobs? The reason that they can expect to retain their jobs is because they understand that their policies are not popular. The policies 
the policies that they put forward to, to give tax breaks to the rich, to enrich the, the already wealthy. Um, they're not popular with the majority of Americans. With they, really many Americans at they all. They understand that the only way that they can win is by voter suppression. Yes. And right now, there are literally hundreds of bills that have been introduced and some already passed in states all over the country, in like something like 35 states. Yeah, it's ridiculous. To dramatically restrict people's access to voting. Yeah. In Georgia, it's astounding the the things that they are that they are passing already this week, like uh, all the ways in which people were able to access the ballot this last year and yeah. make the Georgia Senate runoff happen the way it did. The the mail in ballots, the the early uh, early voting on Sundays, yeah, um, souls to the polls, um, the the you know the easier access to voter registration. They're just stripping away all the all the things that they, that the Republicans in Georgia were able to identify that, that helped black and brown voters and young people get out to vote. They're just taking all those things away. Yes, yeah. Republicans understand the only way they can retain power at this point is to f- suppress the fuck out of the vote. Yeah, and so they're doing it more aggressively than they ever have before. It's anti-democratic and it's anti-majoritarian. It's, they're, they're trying to entrench minority rule. They are, absolutely. And, and they are, and there's a chance they will. Yes, there is. There's a real possibility that they will be able to do that. However, yeah. however, uh, there is a new bill that, did it pass the House last week, H.R. 1? Has it already passed? Uh, I believe so, yes. H.R. 1, it's also called the For the People Act. It is mm-hmm. a massive uh, uh, voter uh, democracy reform bill. Yeah, voting rights and democracy reform. It expands, it restores the Voting Rights Act. Uh, it's renamed the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which is lovely. Uh, but it makes it easier to register. It, it, would, it would create automatic voter registration nationwide. Kind of like everywhere in the civilized world except here. <laughs> um, Seriously. I, I, I didn't make a list of the things here, but like uh, of, the, of the provisions, it, but... It, it would uh, get rid of gerrymandering by making redistricting be uh, mandatorily done like it is in California now uh, by a nonpartisan committee, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. you don't draw like... So the, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, the term gerrymander came because like there was this politician whose last name was Jerry mm-hmm. and he drew a district that looked a whole hell of a lot like a salamander. Yeah. Uh, to like, to 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 in order to make his own safe his own yeah. seat safe yeah in order to mm-hmm. make his own seat safe exactly um, Jerry Salamander gerrymander right. and uh, you know that would be uh, like really when you do districting like it should just be like squares <laughs> or or in an even distribution of population but the, the way that gerrymandering works is that it works is that they essentially uh, if the, if you do it in order to target um, uh, from a partisan point of view, you can really draw districts so that the the so that so that minority rule just yeah is maintained. Because what state. you do is you put all the Democrats, uh, you because you can target with surgical precision now with computer software where yeah. like households, which households are what and what communities are, are Democratic or Republican, mm-hmm. and so you basically you pack as many Democratic voters as you can into one district, yeah. and then you have like four surrounding districts. Yeah. Uh, where they're more competitive, where it's going to, <laughs> where it's going to always be Republican. Yeah. And so, if you drew those just as like squares, it would be like you know, say that there's six districts at play. Yeah, it should be like there's three Democratic and three Republican. Like it's about fifty fifty, but they'll they can draw it so it's one Democratic and five Republican. Right. And that's what Republican legislatures have done all over the yeah. country in the last like ten years. So HR one, the For the People Act, uh, would create uh, it would make it so that an independent commission had to draw those districts rather than partisan. Uh, 
people mm-hmm. drawing it for their own benefit. Um, it, so increased voter uh, registration access, end of, end of gerrymandering. It, it, there's provisions in there in terms of like political spending. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Yeah. Um, that There's election security measures that would make it so that every vote cast in America would have a paper trail. Yes. Oh my gosh, the fact that that hasn't happened is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, this move to computerized voting has been really bad, right? Because it allows people like Donald Trump to say, well, they just went in the computer and changed the numbers. Right. Well, if there were a paper, if there were a paper trail, no one would be able to say that because it'd be like, fine, go count the paper. Exactly. You, paper Which doesn't lie. Actually, what they did in Georgia. Yeah. They, but anyway, but the, my my point overall, and there are there are more provisions in the in HR one than we are talking about here. My point in saying this is that uh, we have to this H, this this bill, the For the People Act, has to pass Congress and be signed by this president. Or I honestly believe that we don't have a democracy beyond yeah. the next couple of years. I honestly believe at that point that, that with the voter suppression that Republicans are putting in place all over the country, that they will entrench themselves into in minority rule. It will be single party rule. It'll be single party rule for the foreseeable future. For the rest of our lifetimes, probably. Um, so this is essential. Yeah. Like, but here's the thing: we can have we can we can we can have nice things. Yeah. <laughs> like we can pass. It's already passed the house. Uh, this kind of a bill is not a filibuster-proof bill. Right. <laughs> like it, it is. It is not a bill that affects the budget. And so it would it, in the current rules of the Senate. Uh, Republicans can filibuster it and require that it gets 60 votes. Well, it's not going to get 60 votes because Republicans, again, aren't interested in meeting the needs of the American people. They're only interested in entrenching their minority power. Um, But there are rules that can be changed in the Senate. And that's the next pressure campaign that we're going to have to be putting on all of our Democratic senators is to to get on board with filibuster reform. Yeah. So the HR1, the For the People Act, can actually pass and be signed by the president. It is, this is it also is, popular. It's an existential, right? That's a, that's a really good point. But this is existential to our democracy. It is. But also, I want to make a really, like, just to amplify on what I just mentioned, it's not like this is some democratic priority that has low support across the country. This also enjoys something like 61, 62, I think, percent support across the country. Amazing. That's a huge, huge margin. Like 61 Amazing. to 39 is nearly two to one. I mean, that is a huge, huge level of support across the country. So again, this is uncontroversial. This is something that the American people want. They want voting access to be protected and expanded, and they want people not to be able to cheat. Yes. That's all. That's it. They just want a level playing field. The American people want a level playing field so they can feel, regardless of their political affiliation Mm -hmm. or identity, that their voice has an equal chance of being heard. Mm -hmm. Right now, the Senate is something like plus three to Republicans, structurally speaking. That's not fair. Well, I think that the way that it, that it made sense to me when it was broken down was of the 50 Republicans that voted for the American Rescue Plan, yep. uh, the Democratic senators, they represent 40 million more Americans than the 50 Republicans who voted against it. Yeah. and that's 40 million people. Yeah. And that's because of unfair structural advantages, right? Mm-hmm. And so this voting rights legislation is really important. Like this is not to like stack the deck in favor of Democrats. No. It's because the deck is stacked in the favor of Republicans yes. and that's not fair. Right. And we just need to restore things back to a level playing field, because if huh. their ideas, like if their ideas are good enough to compete in the marketplace of ideas, great, let them compete. I think that probably it would be more accurate to say to make things a level playing field. I'm not sure they ever have been a level playing field. Yes. When you consider the voter suppression that, say, Black Americans have dealt with, yes, that's the right, entirety of our country. Yeah, if you look you at know? the Three Fifths Compromise, yeah. if you look at the way the the entire South from like 1870 to 1960 was single party rule. Oh my God, yeah. 
Like, yeah. yeah, we've maybe never had it in this country. No, but this, but HR one, the For the People Act, gets us a, a big step of the way there. Does so that's the next fight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that is the next existential fight, and and I, you know, we did we did a, a, a bit of politics on today's podcast, but it's yeah. it's important. Here's the thing: it's we, citizenry, people. It's not politics; it's, it's citizenry. Thank you. That's a, that's a much better term, much more accurate as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but civics. It's it is. Um, it matters. I mean, like, the, if this pandemic has taught us anything, it is that the the people that we have in leadership actually does make a difference in our individual lives. Oh my god! Like, really, in big, huge ways. Yeah. You know, it, and and so like maybe your grandma wouldn't be dead if different people were in, in office. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, oh, it's absolutely. really nuts and bolts. It it's is. a very rubber meeting the road kind of thing. Maybe your kids would have been able to be back in school last fall. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, there's there's so many things that that um, that can be different for us. We can make the we have an opportunity to create a government. Right now, we have an opportunity to create a structure that actually serves us. Yeah. And we have to keep our feet on the gas uh, to make that happen. But there we go. All right. So uh, Civics. Civics. <laughs> Quick break. And when we come back, we will talk and lis- talk about and listen to Extraordinary People. Awesome. Okay. See you soon. See you. guys happy to be here <laughs> so uh let's jump right in we are going to talk about and then listen to and then talk some more about extraordinary people song three from the 2020 101 project Ugh. uh this is a, this is a fun project um and this is a fun song yeah this I'm, I'm, and it's nice to have a fun song because 2020 101 is an album about the human experience of the year 2020 which often was very hard that's right so it's nice to have a song that is that is uh, light and fun. It's really true. It's funny. I kind of came down on you when you wrote this song because I was not feeling like a light-hearted kind of poppy song, really. Yeah. Because of the you know the nature of the project and the seriousness of it, and I was like, what the hell's going on here? But really, upon reflecting on it more, I think that you were right, especially for like a song three kind of situation. Well. And also remember that all these songs are not like my ideas about what I wanted to write about for 2020. This is, it's directly from the stories that people shared with me. Right. So like this, this actually, this theme of like feeling gratitude for how people showed up for each other and how people were able to show up for themselves was a theme that ran through people's stories that they shared with me. So it was an essential part of the human experience and it's important to honor that. Yeah. And celebrate it, especially yeah. when it's one of the few bright moments that we experienced. You Maybe know? celebrate it a little extra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, there is some writing about this. Well, that's passive voice. Shannon wrote something Thank about you. this. <laughs> uh, and we are going to read it to you. And I'll start. You start. The next theme to emerge from the stories we collected of 2020... And let's pause there. Shannon collected them, (laughs) but that's nice of you. The next theme to emerge from the stories we collected of 2020 reflects an essential life-affirming human response to the force of unprecedentedly difficult circumstances, an impulse that is one of the building blocks of our species' instinct for survival and a bedrock of a functional society. And it's this, the ability of humans to show up 
for each other and for ourselves in extraordinary ways when the circumstances call for us to do so. Like the essential workers, the grocery store clerks, the people who harvest and process our food, the delivery drivers, the first responders, all of whom showed up to do jobs in public spaces so that we could continue to get the supplies and help that we need to survive. Like the frontline healthcare workers who showed up every day in often unprotected environments to save lives or to heal people recovering from injuries or to assist people having babies to help people relying on long-term care. Like the small kindnesses we offered to and received from one another, even sometimes people we didn't know because we sensed how stepping up our active displays of empathy might make someone's day a little brighter or a little easier in the face of so much collective stress and difficulty. And like how we showed up for ourselves by seeking and finding respite in nature, by discovering the power of presence, by digging a little deeper and learning how to root ourselves in what is real and true during such an uncertain time. Our capacity for resilience is remarkable. And that's not to suggest that we are all resilient and buoyant every day. I know I'm not. We get bogged down. We have stretches of days that feel swampy and endless. We reach the bottom of our reserves. And also, we are renewed by a walk among the trees. We're lifted by the generosity of others. We're motivated by our sacred responsibility to one another. We wake up some mornings with a fresh ability to face whatever comes our way that day. And isn't that feature built into our very nature? Mm. We are made to move forward, to learn new skills, to grow, and to keep reaching for life. We did all of those things this past year because we had to, because our survival depended upon it. And we did it. We showed up. People, we are extraordinary. <laughs>
fun so uh it's been brought to our attention <laughs> that this song has something of a 1980s palette <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's funny i was um it, all of the songs so far have something yeah. of that this this is the most like yeah. 80s pop i'm not of all of them. saying that this one has an exceptionally 80s sound but the second day we were working on it eddie murphy actually showed up at our house <laughs> Siren song. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, th- th- we've gotten so many fun We hear this knock on the door, he opened up his like, eh, 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 Oh my eh. gosh. <laughs> and suddenly we're in Beverly Hills Cop 2. Hell yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the, the the all the songs have had sort of that feel uh, or the, the, that sort of textural palette so mm-hmm. far. And mostly it was because when I started the pre-production on all these, that's just what I'm interested in exploring right now. Like, all of all of my albums are really just an exercise in me following what's interesting to me at the moment, yeah. you know? And so this is what was interesting to me. But I think that, um, and you, of course, like, take that impulse and, like, you know, make it exponential. Yeah, <laughs> like I do with all the records yeah, I work on, yeah, whatever they might exactly. be. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like, unintentionally, uh, what I what I realized that the, the 80s palette is doing for me is it's it feels comforting, like yeah. to be dealing yeah. with with the the topics that we're dealing with with this album and reflecting on the year 2020, which was so hard, um, and this time that we're in that's still really hard in a lot of ways. To have the 80s palette, like just be sort of like a, it's a bit of a, a balm because it kind of takes me back to you know the music that I loved when I was the, the music that was on the radio when I was a kid. You know all the stuff that it's just it's comforting. Yeah, it's like a safe, homey kind of place. I think you've compared it to, uh, in the way that a, a an injured kitten purrs. <laughs> <laughs> self-soothing. It's like a self-soothing impulse. Yeah, yeah. To to be doing exploring the eighties palette, but I thought it would be interesting if we just if we shared. Um, uh, you know, we're asking people for stories right now about like how have people shown up for you. Uh, yeah. in the last year and how have you shown up for yourself? Um, I thought it'd be interesting we shared a little bit from each of our perspectives on on what that's looked like for us this last year. Yeah, lead by example. Yeah. Maybe prime the well for other people's stories yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, something that you and I both really notice is, uh, I mean, obviously- The like biggest the, one, The really. biggest one is our community. Our, our, com- our community of supporters mm. like really, really stepped up for us over this last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, they saw that there was a dire need for us, you know, given that we weren't going to be able to tour. Yeah. Given that that's typically, you know, 75% of our annual income. Yeah. Uh, and, 
you know, this monthly support thing that we keep talking about at the top of each podcast, uh, <laughs> it's not abstract to us. Mm-mm. The reason that we set that up is literally so that we could hopefully survive this time, mm-hmm. you know? And we didn't know. I mean, a year ago when all this started to come sort of into focus about what might be ahead for us. It was a slow rolling realization, I think, you know, starting a year ago now and then in the weeks following that, oh gosh, are we not going to be able to tour? What does that mean for our lives? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and we had to really rethink um, all of it. Seriously. Um, and this monthly support is one of the ideas that we that we came up with, not knowing if it would even work. Yeah, um, and not knowing necessarily at the time what we would be able to do to repay that monthly support. You yeah, know, like how right. how because like uh, what's in it for us is obvious. It's a chunk of money every month, right? You right. know, but to be able to figure out how to take that and make it be something that was also a real value to the people who were doing it, yeah, to the people right. who were contributing it, you know? Right. Uh, in the spirit of not taking without offering something. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not who you and I are by nature. Right. Uh, but, you know, what it did you know, in that spirit is it created us this unbelievably rich opportunity to connect on a much deeper level mm-hmm. with our people. Mm-hmm. I think that in an abstract kind of way, I think that there is real value for people in supporting something that they value in the world. Oh, sure. I know that there is for me. Yeah. You and I support artists also, and I get that feeling out mm-hmm. of it, you know, knowing that, you know, I can't do it all myself, but I'm pitching in, I'm doing my little part and I'm, I'm giving my vote of confidence yeah. to someone whose work I want to see continue. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about with that, kid Johnny whose record I'm you yeah. know we're making for free for him you know sometimes I can do that like in a bartery kind of way by by giving sk- skills by donating my skills mm-hmm. uh and sometimes it's by donating money and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I think that there's a real value in that and it's not the value is not just for us the value is for the people who are doing it because they get to be a co-creator of something they believe in and that's valuable right and all that all that is has been such an unexpected um I, I use the word, I hesitate to use the word blessing, but yeah, like it's got religious it's, connotations. But but it's been such a, an unexpected joy. Um, blessings all don't the, have to be religious. All the ways in which no, it doesn't. But all the ways in which this this um, has evolved and flowered into something more than we could have imagined when we invented the idea of maybe transitioning to do sort of a, a, a monthly community supported thing. But the the fact of the matter remains, though, that in terms of people showing up for us, our community massively showed up. Yeah. I mean, none of this would have been possible without without our community saying, Yeah, I believe in what y'all are doing and I'm gonna help actually support you. Yeah. <laughs> to continue doing and it. And it's shown us a real a way forward also. Mm. You know, it's it's taken so, uh, even more of an element of transactionality out of the work that you and yeah, I do. Because I, at a certain level, there mm-hmm. was always that kind of quid pro quo thing mm-hmm. about, you know, going out on tour and that's where we make most of our money. And we, we really have to lean on and really focus pretty heavily on all the tweaks that you do in that kind of situation mm-hmm. to maximize your income. Because like everything we do better, we literally like, we do better in our lives. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, our financial picture looks mm-hmm. better, you know? And it's always so tenuous and sketchy, you know? But like taking that kind of quid pro quo thing out of it and just making it be about people supporting us and us in turn keeping doing, and indeed 
dramatically amplifying the work that we do that the people found it valuable to support in the first place. Right. It's like a virtuous cycle. <laughs> I know, right? You know? Which I think is what happens when we show up for each other in lots of different ways. Like it's it's a it's a positive feedback loop. Yeah. You know, it really is. When we give of ourselves to other people. And um, it's humbling too, right? Because what mm. all these people, these there's 200 plus people who are supporting us on, on a monthly basis, you know, which by the way, people is why it works, mm. right? Like I'm sure that there are some people who've heard us talking, you know, podcast episode in, podcast episode out about like monthly support, monthly support. And they're like, well, I don't have 50 bucks a month. Most people do five. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. The lowest level is five bucks a month. But we aggregate it, you know, and some people do more. I think the average uh, is more than that, but not much more. Like most Mm -hmm. people do five, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. And, you know, the point isn't what, uh, you know, what each individual person does. The point is the broad base. Right. You know? Right. And that's what makes it work. Yeah. You know, if you have, you know, three or four people doing five bucks a month, that's not very helpful. Mm -hmm. But if you have a couple hundred people doing Mm -hmm. it, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it's something significant and that like actually has an impact in our lives and enables us to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. So this is really just another opportunity for us to say thank you, Misfit Stars. Thank you. Thank you for showing up for us. You are extraordinary. And for all the rest of you who are still... (laughs) <laughs> mulling over, <laughs> chewing over whether you want to become a supporting member. Maybe you're on the fence. Misfitstars.com slash join. There you go. Uh, you know, the next thing that I thought of in terms of how people showed up for us, I, you know, I really remembered, um, especially last spring, as the weather was warming up around here, um, yeah. our, our neighborhood, I think, really showed up for each other. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've got a lovely neighborhood and we've, you know, we've talked about on this podcast before the, the events that have happened over the last couple of years in our neighborhood that has sort of like brought us together in yep. a lot of ways and gotten, uh, given us an opportunity to get to know our neighbors better than we might have maybe otherwise. Um, but, you know, when, when the pandemic, the shutdown was really, you know, first happening last spring, uh, I remember we would get outside to do yard work, pull dandelions to try to pass the time and yeah. work out some of the anxiety. And we, we, if we were working in the front yard, it was often difficult to get any work done because neighbors would come out of their houses and end up, you know, sitting six feet away on the grass and, you know, we'd end up talking for hours. And hmm, I just, more, more like 15. We were all a little bit more nervous a year it, that's, ago. That's true. That's true. Um, but, you know, we... I really do think that, you know, it's easy. Uh, it's easy in our culture to get really narrowly focused on what, uh, on your busy schedule and what you've got to do and like, you know, to, to you know, drive home from work and go into the house and not say hello to anybody. And, you know, our neighborhood did it differently. Our neighborhood, yeah. like we, we, I think we all understood that we each, all of us had a need to connect in, um, in some more uh, sort of intentional ways last spring. And and it lasted into the summer and fall, you know, when the weather was nice outside too. But like, I just really appreciate how our neighbor, I feel like our neighbors showed up for us. And I think we were able to show up for them too in just getting to have those moments of connection, you know. Yeah. Take, deciding that it's okay to spend an hour sitting on the grass outside and just talking. Yeah. It's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we we all showed up for each other, and I think it bonded us all tighter with each other around here too. Yeah, absolutely, really cool. Yeah, and so now maybe uh, just a couple of notes on ways in which you and I each showed up for ourselves. You know, this is an interesting thing that I, when I was reading through people's stories, and the reason that this was part of this song, the mm-hmm. idea of like showing up for ourselves. Like, I think people really expressed in in the story collection I did, like they were expressing um, how they were proud of themselves for taking care of themselves. Yes. And I think it's not something that we do very often to say like, hey, you know what? That was hard and 
self, you did a good job taking care of things. Yeah. You know, like I think it's important to take a to take a beat and just appreciate the ways in which we were able to do that for ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and I saw that happening in people's stories and that's why this is one of the themes in this song. So interesting you'd mentioned that. So there, I have this thing that I've been doing on Facebook for months and months and months now. I just, I call it self-care sound off. Yeah. And, you know, around the weekend, Friday, Saturday, this week I did it on Sunday. Uh, I'll just do a post saying, you know, self-care sound off, March 6th. Uh, you know, how are you doing at self-care this week? Right. Uh, what's working? Mm-hmm. What's not working? It's always mm-hmm. the same prompt. You know, and I had this woman uh, who wrote to most, mostly people just like post like comments on the thread or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's nice. It's just a way for people to kind of check in. And I've heard from people too, that they see it every week. They never pitch in, but they, but, but it's helpful to them just to be reminded of the idea that this is something they can focus on. Yeah. And think about. I got this private response. I haven't even shared this with you yet. No. Just today uh, on Facebook messenger from this person whom you and I both know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, she started her very lengthy message to me mm. by saying, I don't think I'm doing well at all at self-care this week. Oh. And then she enumerated all of the things that she didn't think she was doing well in okay. one like message. Mm-hmm. But then in another message, she's like, but you know, to, to, to be fair, I think I should try to look at the other side of the coin. So here are things that maybe I think I, I did do well this mm. week. And she listed all those out. And then she sent me a third message <laughs> at the end of it saying, it was so helpful for me to list out that second list of things I think I'm doing well. Yeah. I realized I had not been focusing on them nearly enough and the list was actually bigger than the list of things I'm not That's, doing well and I actually feel much better about things. That is so cool. Yeah. That is so but it cool. so underscores your point, right? That yes. it can be easy to let the negative stuff kind of dominate in our minds mm-hmm. and to totally not give ourselves enough credit or to like, you know, maybe we have our lists, but we weight everything on the positive list one X, but everything on the negative list, we weight two X. Mm-hmm. So it's the same number of things, but we feel like it's a bigger list, mm-hmm. but maybe it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it can be so easy to catastrophize and let the negative stuff and the worry we're, you know, yeah. humans, like we're anxious little mammals yeah. and sometimes we can let the worry take over. Yeah. So I think an intentional practice of focusing on the stuff that's good is probably pretty healthy for us because if only as a counterbalance to that natural impulse we have to worry. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What a great story. Thanks for sharing that. That's so cool. So how did you show up for yourself? Well, you know, the first one here uh, is one that you and I both did together, Mm -hmm. uh, which is that we volunteered in the we, election. We volunteered in a couple of elections. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we did. We volunteered, we volunteered in the general and in the Georgia runoffs. Uh, it's funny. Like, we started doing it because it's like, well, this is something we should do. Uh, but we dramatically ramped it up when we learned how good it made us feel. Yeah. There was a point in time in the middle of the summer when the only time either you or I felt particularly good about anything was when we were actively volunteering. Yeah. Like when we were actually doing it. Yeah. And so we'd start doing 40 hours a week plus of volunteering. We did. In October, September, October, it was all, it was full on. (laughs) It made us feel much better. Yeah. You know, it was really an odd form of self-care, but it was absolutely self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, to uh, to that, that we identified that it was making us feel good and then so severely doubled down on it. I'm really proud of us mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same, for mm-hmm. sure. I, I I figured out that um, a theme for me over the last year in terms of taking care of myself mm-hmm. uh, has been really doubling down on 
the what is in my power to control and what is not sort mm-hmm. of like frame for everything in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a recovery tool that has been essential for me for years and years and years, but it has never been more essential for me than, those, than it has been this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was so much that was beyond my control that, you know, would consume my mind and my, my anxious heart, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so much about every day that just, you know, I, I, I found myself multiple times a day having to just center myself in the moment and, and ask myself, okay, in this moment, what, what do I have the power to control and what do I not have the power to control? Yeah. And then to be able to, to release the stuff I don't have the power to change. Yeah. And then to focus my energy on the stuff that I could do. Right. And some days that literally just looked like, okay, the, literally the only thing I have the power to do is to choose how to use my time. And so I'm going to go pull some dandelions outside. Right. <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was maybe sometimes a very small thing that didn't really have much of an impact, but at least doing that thing that I had to focus my energy on where I did have power mm-hmm. was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it made the rest of the, it made the rest of everything feel less out of control. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that was a that was a way in which I I you know, pat myself on the back for like pulling out that tool daily. Yeah, <laughs> over the last year. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, something that I did uh, is I really took the bull by the horns in dealing with some anxiety that I was having, mm. and I'm proud of myself for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was texting with a friend of ours today. And yeah, you know, and it was we haven't texted in like a few months, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of catching up, you know. And I mentioned that like I was dealing with some anxiety over the last year, but that you know I figured out some coping strategies for it, and I'm pretty proud of myself. And also, in the same breath, that I feel like anxiety is a perfectly reasonable response to the last year. Yeah, oh and it's my funny God. because she's a therapist. Yeah, and she's like, this is something I tell my patients all of the time that mm-hmm. like you know. That, that anxiety just means like, this is what anxiety is for. It means your brain's functioning properly. Right, because it's reasonable to be anxious yes. in a pandemic. But what an interesting <laughs> response, right, from her that like, that, mm. that, that being anxious in an objectively anxiety-inducing time is a sign that your brain is working correctly. Right. That's right. so interesting. Like, yeah. I almost felt like, hey, good job, brain. Yeah. Way to be anxious. Uh, but also it doesn't feel great to be anxious and so it's good to have some strategies yeah. to deal with it, yeah. you know? And I figured it out. You know, I, I didn't figure out 100% yet, but I'm on a path to where I really mm. feel like I've got a pretty reliable strategy for it. I feel mm. like I'm 70, 75% of the way there. And that's great. Mm. That's such an improvement over where I was like in the summer, mm-hmm. where I would just be gripped by anxiety for days at a time. And I didn't really have anything I yeah. felt like I could do about it. Yeah. And now I do. Uh, and that's great. Uh, you know, I feel like that's actually kind of a net win for my life. Absolutely. That was forced upon me by this time. Yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I think we also both uh, showed up for ourselves uh, in the in the way of giving ourselves a lot more grace. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, you know, in terms of like understanding that our productivity was going to be <laughs> reduced. Maybe dramatically you know, sometimes. You know, yeah. um, understanding that there would be some days where we were just knocked flat. And mm-hmm. just psychologically, emotionally, couldn't really do much of anything. Yeah, and that that was okay. Yeah, that it was okay to just be flat. <laughs> yeah, you know, accepting um, our reduced capacity. <laughs> you yeah, know? like it's hard. You and I are both overachiever type A types, and I think both you and I bristle at any notion that we would be anything less than as productive as we want to be all of the time. Yeah. 
And, yeah. you know, learning to accept that was a process. I, I know it was for me. I think it was for you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, think we, I think we did a good job of giving ourselves grace. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I don't think either of us took naturally to it. But. Yeah, but it became apparent that we were going to have to yeah. <laughs> to sustain the long term of all of this. Yeah. And, and so we did that. You know, I, you know the, 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 the walks we've taken around the neighborhood, mm-hmm. driving out to the waterfront and walking along there, like those, those all feel like proactive self-care acts. Yeah. You know, um, we've done that a lot. And, um, and I think like, yeah. like you're dealing with your figuring out how to strategize, how to deal with anxiety. That's a, that's a net win for our lives in general, you know, just yeah. the grace giving and the intentional acts of self-care. Yeah. Getting outside. Little acts you know. of sustainability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unex, unexpected blessings of 2020. Yeah. Blessings. <laughs> Hashtag blessings. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we want to hear your stories about uh, how how people showed up for you. And this could be in a in like some big way. Maybe somebody or, or a group of people showed up in a big way for you. Uh, but maybe it was just a random act of kindness. Like the other day, um, a dear friend of mine... Uh, out of the blue, just sent me a couple boxes of Girl Scout Thin Mint cookies. Oh my gosh! We didn't talk about it. No. Like we didn't discuss it. She just knows that I love them. They showed up in my at, out on our front stoop, and <sighs> it was a small act of kindness that literally just made made not just my day. I'm still floating on it. Like yeah. what a thoughtful thing. Yeah. Those small acts of kindness, but maybe maybe there were other big ways people showed up. If you want to share stories with us to celebrate those people, we want to hear them. We want yeah. to document them yeah. at 2020101.net. So you can share those stories with Jamie uh, by emailing them to him at jamie at misfitstars.com. Yeah. We also want to hear the stories about you celebrating how you showed up for yourself. Yeah. Um, celebrate other people, celebrate you, whatever. Yeah. Let's let's celebrate one another. It is extraordinary that we are making our way through this time. Yes, it, it is. really is. And it's important for us to take a step back and recognize that. Yeah. It really is. So share the stories. We look forward to seeing them. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Mm-hmm. We will not have a new song next week because the next release day is not until the 18th. Thursday. So uh, next week will be just a regular podcast without mm-hmm. a new song. If you have a listener question you're curious to hear us answer, just send it along. If you are a Misfit Stars member, yeah, that's right. Send it, send that in. If you send me a, a listener question and you are not yet a supporting Misfit Stars member, I will take the question. I will also send you a link to sign up for Misfit Stars. But I'll tell you it now. <laughs> it's misfitstars.com/join. We could use your support. We could always use more support. Uh, we're doing okay. Uh, that said, we are a married pair of working artists. It will never not be sketchy. Oh my gosh, totally. Sketchy forever. High yeah. five. Woo! <laughs> um, we'll see you next week. In the meantime, take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love you guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye.